Greetings to all of you this morning. I was uh, thinking as uh, the beginning of this uh, service, uh, how certainly there is a a dark side to life. I suppose that if we had only the dark side of life, you'd have lots to worry about. And I suppose that in some ways, the horrible things that happen in life are really just a consequence of the darkness. The darkness is the lack of light, right? Like Daniel said, the more light there is, the less darkness there is. And so we seek the light. I was thinking about what Seth shared there a little bit. It doesn't seem like the numbers come out very well. Maybe that's because some of us who have the light have bushel baskets over our light. You ever think about that? Have you left your light shine that men may see your good works And glorify your Father, which is in heaven. I think sometimes we as Christians fail along that line, don't you think? Perhaps we have not been the light of the world enough. Oh yes, we have the light, we treasure the light, we have the light within. And maybe sometimes that's where it sort of stops. Well, God didn't intend for us to stop there, that's for sure. Well, I'm not going to be on the dark side of life this time because I believe that God has certainly called us over and beyond the darkness and into his marvelous light. And whether or not we get there doesn't change the wonder of the light. So I'd like to begin with a song this morning. I'm not going to sing it because uh, for two reasons. One, I don't know the tune, and the other is I don't consider myself a soloist. So I'll just read this song. Seems like a beautiful song. Sorrow and trouble in this life can depress a happy soul. Wondering if things will turn out right can steal the joy that you have known. The time has come for God's children to leave tomorrow's cares behind. Believe the Lord when he told us, you can take one day at a time. Enjoy your day. It's the day God made. You're on your way to that heavenly place. Enjoy your day and don't let Satan try to take your victory away. No guarantee that tomorrow is coming. So don't worry about the trouble you face. This is the day God made. Enjoy your day. So many people around us are bound by grief and woe, living a life so anxious, worried what tomorrow will hold. They miss the joy and the pleasure meant for us to see. 
When we count each day a treasure, we'll live life differently. Enjoy your day. It's the day God made. I also appreciated the song that we sang this morning, the one I didn't know, about worrying. Thought it fit well with what I have to say here. Worrying isn't what God has called us to. God has called us to live in his light, to live in his fullness, to be ever filled with his graciousness. Uh, Anybody there here can claim that today? I mean, you're full of joy. How many of you are full of joy, just can't be any more happy? Oh, too bad. We don't have anybody here. (laughs) Well, how many of you would like to be full of joy? Just, oh yeah, I have a few more hands than that. Okay, good. Well, I can't claim to always be full of joy either. I seek it. I search for it. I work at it. I believe in it. But I don't always do it. So that's an honest confession. But this message this morning is not about Myron's success or lack thereof. Okay? It's not about my performance. This that I have to share with you is about what God says. Okay? I have to somehow measure myself with that and you have to somehow measure yourself with that. Whether or not you're you know, meeting the standard, this is the standard. It's not me. You're not measuring against me. You're not saying, well, I just at least do as good as Myron does. No. That's not the standard. The standard is here. And so my text this morning is John 15, verse 11. Jesus said these words. He said, And these things have I spoken unto you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. That's my text. And of course, you can pray for me because uh, I often find that I'm tested on the things that I preach. So, uh, yeah, you can remember me in your prayers. So, my, my title this morning for this message, I'm going to write it here. It's a call to... Joy. A call to joy. And like I guess we've already checked, you know, we all seek it, don't we? We all want it. Is there anything about joy that you would rather really not have? No. No. It's something we all desire, yet often find ourselves not fully experiencing this. <clears throat> I'd appreciate if somebody get me a cup of water. Um, 
the first point I'd like to make today is, uh, is that one we sang about this morning a little bit. It's the don't worry. Do you know that worry is one of the chief joy killers? And yet, so often we worry, 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 worry. You know, we worry about this, we worry about that, we worry, we worry, we worry. Well, like I said a little bit earlier, if there were only evil in this world, you'd have plenty to worry about. I think sometimes the worry that fills our hearts and souls is, uh, is, is part of the, of the darkness that is within us. The lack of the light. Thank you, brother. So I'd like to make the point that uh, Jesus made when he said at the beginning of his ministry, take no thought for tomorrow. For the things of tomorrow will take thought for themselves. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now, some of us like to have everything all planned out, right? It's kind of comfortable to know when everything's in place, you've got a plan, everything's working according to the plan, everything's going smoothly, uh, you know, uh, is that evil? <laughs> no, that in itself is not evil. It's kind of nice when things are going smoothly and everything. But what is evil about that? What is evil about being sufficient unto the day thereof? Well, it's the not trusting in God. You know, when everything's just going the way it ought to go, you know, and there's no worries, no, I mean, you know, it's just, just working like, you know, clockwork, got it all in place. How in tune are you with God? Um, that doesn't mean you have to be out of tune in those times, but many times we lean on our own resources, our own abilities, our own plans, our own thinking, and communication with heaven is lost. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, raise your hand if you caught that. Okay. Just want to make sure you're not sleeping. All right. Uh, so Jesus said, take no thought for tomorrow, for the things of tomorrow will take care of themselves. Consider the lilies of the field. They don't even work. They don't toil. They don't spin. And yet, they're arrayed better than Solomon was arrayed. Who clothed the lilies of the field? Who did it? God did. We sometimes sing that children's song. Who made the pretty lilies? God did. He said, consider the sparrows. How not one sparrow falls to the ground before, before God's ready for it to die. He notices 
takes note of every sparrow. Are you not worth much more than sparrows? Surely, you're worth much more than sparrows. He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How do you do that? How do you do that? That's number one place. I think we have a hard time getting hold of that sometimes. I think sometimes we might have that a little bit backwards. Sometimes I think we take thought for the things of this life first. Then if we have any time, we spend it with God. Do you ever find yourself in that kind of a circumstance? Well, you know, I, I'm, I got all these things to do. I uh, will just shove off the time with God. I'll, I'll talk to God later. Let's just get this stuff done here, you know. You know, we're busy and we do these things and we... Uh, you know, and all the cares of life are pressing on us and we, we hurry from one thing to the next. And if we have time, we'll get to God. Uh-uh. You got that backwards. Uh, that's the cart in front of the horse, you know. I mean, it doesn't steer very well. It, it goes in the ditch pretty easy. You got it backwards. Jesus said, and I'm again, I, I'm not a master at this, but Jesus said it. I believe it. I guess that settles it. But Jesus said it. Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all the other things will come into place. That's a that's a lot to hang on to. I made to worry a little. I made to think a little bit about the uh, the song, and I, I'm not necessarily endorsing this song, but uh, there's a song that uh, says, "Don't worry, be happy." I don't know if you've heard that song or not. It's sung by a comedian. I'm not endorsing him, but it does hold a truth that Jesus taught. Don't worry. Don't worry. Be happy. God meant for you to be happy. Don't worry. Yeah. So anyway. Worry is interest that is paid on that which is not yet due. Worry is the absence of trust. The first point that I'd like you to make here this morning, if you want to number them at all, I've got six points to make, seven at least, maybe. First point is trust. If you will have joy, the doorway and requirement is trust. You've got to trust in the Lord. And if you're doing that, you will not be worrying. Worry. Worry, worry, worry. So many of us have trouble with that. Well, when you're worrying, you're not trusting. That's good for you. That's good for me. When you're worrying, you're not trusting. So, 
when you sense that anxiety, that's an alarm. Your trust has just been disconnected. Heaven's disconnected. You need to get connected again. Trust. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on your own understanding. Don't we have an awful problem with that? Leaning on our own understanding. Well, if I had to lean on your understanding, I'd worry too. <laughs> Mine too. Okay. I'm not better than you. Point two. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a door and a requirement for joy. The attitude of gratitude. I know this is a, a Thanksgiving day is coming, uh, but this is uh, not really a Thanksgiving day message. Uh, this is an everyday message. God forbid that we only think about Thanksgiving on one day of the year. I'm not against the celebrating Thanksgiving, don't get me wrong. But this is an everyday message. An everyday that you should be thankful. And if you are not thankful, you are not seeing things right. Just what do you have that you have not received? That's, I forget in which, that's in the Bible. I'm not sure which book it is. I think it's Corinthians, maybe, I think, or Galatians. I'm not sure. Colossians, maybe. I'm not sure. But you know the passage. What do you have that you have not received? And if thou hast received it, why dost thou glory as if thou hast not received it? That's a mouthful. I want you to get it though. Do you know that there are so many things of this world, and I'm including myself here, but there are so many things in this world that we take credit for ourselves. We are so proud of the things that we have done. I've did done this, and I've earned this, and I've made this, and I own this, and God deliver us. We take credit for the things that we have as if we hadn't received them. Why do you glory as if you had not received them? Do you not know that all these things have been given unto you by his gracious hand? And if you get that, you have to be thankful. You have to be thankful. I don't know why we don't do that better. I think of a man who I think is, uh, I, I don't know, how would you say, stellar with selfishness. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar, walking in his gardens there in Babylon. And he said, Ah, is this not great Babylon, which I have built by my power and 
for my majesty. Look at all that. The same hour he was driven from among men to eat grass like an ox. God's stroke of judgment came upon that man in his pride and arrogance and brought him out to the field to eat grass like an ox. You know, you can be glad God doesn't treat all pride that way. I'm afraid we might have more oxen than people. I'm serious about that. Just think how you would be if God judged all your pride like that. Bring you down to the ground. Let you eat grass for a while. So you know that God rules in the kingdoms of heaven. And he sets up whomsoever he will. Yeah. That's a lot to think about. My third point. In thy presence is fullness of joy. If you will be filled with joy, you must not only have You must not only have the uh, trust and the uh, thankfulness of life, but you must be in his presence. Because that's where fullness of joy is. Here's another song for you. Again, I won't sing it. We pray for blessings. We pray for peace. Comfort for family. Protection while we sleep. We pray for healing. For prosperity. We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. And all the while, you hear each spoken need. Yet love us way too much to give us lesser things. Because what if if your blessings come through raindrops? And what if your healing comes through tears? And what if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? And what if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? We pray for wisdom, your voice to hear. We cry in anger when we cannot feel you near. We doubt your goodness. We doubt your love. As if every promise from your word is not enough. And all the while, you hear each desperate plea. And long that we'd have faith to believe. When friends betray us, when the darkness seems to win, We know that pain reminds this heart that this is not our home. What if my greatest disappointments or the aching of this life is the revealing of a greater thirst this world can't satisfy? What if the trials of this life, the rain, the storms, the hardest 
nights are your mercies in disguise. That was written by Laura Story. We do pray for peace and joy, don't we? We do. We pray for God's presence. We pray to be near him. Perhaps we are pretty self-centric. Think about that. Are you so self-centric with all your prayers? What if it did take a thousand years of sleepless nights to force you out of yourself and unto him? You know, a thousand years of sleepless nights is a long time. That's rather poetic. How many of you have had sleepless nights? Worrying. Yeah, I know. Well, I remember. Well, I remember when my neighbor had a lawsuit on me because my dog ran out in front of him and he ran into it. And he was suing me for more money than I had. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I worried. And I worried. And I worried some more. Kept me awake at night. I didn't know. I mean, were they going to sell the house from under me? Where was I going to live? How could I worry? Not good. Sometimes it takes some of that to break us. Sometimes we need to come to the place that all of our scheming, all of our thinking, all of our good ideas come to nothing and they do not avail. Uh, It's then that you can find the presence of God. Perhaps your prayers are not always answered because you haven't yet been to his presence. You know, when everything is going wrong, you have that once in a while, right? It seems like everything is going wrong. I mean, not just a few things. It's just like everything's going wrong. You know, you got that feeling sometimes. I'll tell you something. Your phone's ringing. Your phone's ringing. It's heaven calling. It's a direct line to heaven. Ring, ring. Are you going to answer the phone? Will you answer the phone? It's heaven calling. 
Oh, okay. I'll take the call. Hello? Myron here. Uh, yeah, Gabriel, calling from heaven. Really? Uh, yeah, Myron, how's it going down there? <sighs> yeah, I don't know, it's not, not so good. Uh, about the worst day of my life. Really, I mean, I can't imagine how many things are going wrong. Yeah, 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 I know all about it. You do? Yeah. Yeah, we got angels all around you. We know everything you're doing. We know uh, we know your whole situation from beginning to end. We know exactly what you said. We know all that you even thought and didn't say. Uh, yeah, uh, we know all about it. Really? Wow. Uh, yeah, that's why I called you. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Father is calling you. He wants to meet with you. The Father wants to meet with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants to ask you some questions. Questions. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. That sounds a little scary, doesn't it? Uh, no, don't worry about it. it, it you're going to be all right. You know, he just wants to ask you some questions like he did Brother Job a few years ago. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you need to come up here. Yeah, yeah. You need to come here and you need to have, after you talk with God for a little while, you're going to see things differently. You know, you're making a big mess down there. You know that? I mean, you do everything wrong. It's, but it's just because you aren't seeing it right. You need to come up here. Uh, after you've talked with God for a little while, things are going to look really different. I promise you. I mean, we, we've got you all covered. We really do. Oh, yeah, but Gabriel, I, I can't leave. I, everything's going to fall apart if, I, if I'm not here. I mean, I, I've got a lot to do yet today. Myron, you're doing it wrong. You're not getting it together right. You're only making it worse. Get up here to the atrium and meet with God. And things will all be different. Really? Yes, we've got it all planned for you. If, if you get up here, we'll show you how to walk through all those things one step at a time and you'll have everything in place done right. But you've got to get up here and you've got to meet with God first. And you've got to see things the way he's seeing it. Oh. Okay. I'm coming. I don't know if that's how you do it or not. I don't know if I always do it like that. But I promise you this, that when you meet with God, things do look differently. They do change. And he often starts by asking you hard questions like he did Job. It's often that we have a totally wrong viewpoint that's really made all of our problems. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Um. Lost my place here.
Oh, here we are. I think of David with his many psalms. King David. The man after God's own heart. Not because King David was so righteous. He was not a man after God's own heart because he was so righteous. You know, he was an adulterer, a thief, and a murderer. But he was after God's own heart because he was after God's own heart. You got that? I mean, he was after it. He pursued it. He wanted to be there. He made effort to be there. And when he had his problems, he went to God. And he poured out, you got a lot of, got a lot of record of it. He'd go to God and he'd say, God, I'm having trouble. Everything's against me and I feel like my bones are all out of joint and I, and I mean, everything is wrong. If I, I just feel like everything's coming apart. And you see this in Psalms. Problems. Prayer. Power. And praise. I like that about Psalms. David had an abundance of problems. But he'd go in prayer. And he'd meet with God. He'd go up there to the atrium and meet with God. And as he met with God, his view would begin to change. The circumstances didn't always change. Sometimes Saul was still after him, you know. I mean, I, I, don't, know what, if you, I don't know if you know what it's like to be actually hunted. I mean, Saul was actually going to try to kill him, you know. Thankfully, I don't have anybody after my life. I don't know if you have anybody after your life either. I don't think it would be a very good feeling to know that somebody's really out to kill you. But God, he would take all that to God. And in God's presence after a while, he'd say, you know, yeah, you know what? I know you got it all under control. You know what? Oh. I know, I just know, I know, I know that I know that God is going to take care of this circumstance. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know he's going to take care of this circumstance and it's all going to come out all right. I know that's the way it's going to be. The circumstances hadn't changed. But David had changed. Because he was in the presence of God. And then he'd get full of joy and he'd start bubbling over and he'd start praising God and, and he'd try to say all the things that God had been doing and, and magnifying God and, hey, circumstances hadn't changed, had they? No, not at all. But his view had changed. Well, I'm here to say again this morning that it is in the presence of God that there is fullness of joy. That's a Bible verse, and it's very, very true. 
And if you want joy, that's where you get it. You go into the presence of God and you ask God to take over your life. You surrender all your control. You surrender the things that you think you have your hands on. on just let him work it out. And then, and then joy comes. Like an amazing miracle. I think of Mary, who sat at Jesus' feet. She had chosen the best part. She wanted to know all she could know from Jesus. Martha, she had other things first. Martha was busy getting the meal together. I mean, she had guests. She had an important guest. Most important guest you could ever have. He was worthy. Worthy of the best meal she could produce. He was worthy of honor. Oh, yes. Uh, Well, all that has its place. She had left it cumber her. You know what that word cumber means? Martha was cumbered about many things. Even to the point where she come complaining to Jesus about it. Well, at least she went to Jesus, you know, rather than going to the neighbors about it, like we do sometimes. We go and tell each other about it. Well, if you want to complain, at least go to Jesus. You know, maybe he can set you straight then, but don't, don't go telling other people about it. So it's the wrong thing to do. But don't be cumbered. You gotta let go of some things, you know. You just have to let go of some things. Another song for you. You can have a melody down in your heart when it's aching almost breaking. Even though the sorrow makes the teardrop start, you can have a melody down in your heart. You can have a song in your heart in the night. After every trial. After every mile. Anyone can sing when the sun's shining bright. But you need a song in the night. You can have a song in your heart in the night. Missed that. Do not let your worries drive your song away. Though tomorrow brings its sorrow, just remember, after night comes the day. Don't let your worries drive your song away. Soon will pass. Soon the night will pass and morning bring the day. I'm longing for its dawning. Until then, we'll labor here and watch and pray. And soon the night will pass and morning bring the day.
William Taylor said, If God would make manifest that he gives songs in the night, he must first make it night. Job said, Where is God my maker who giveth songs in the night? Do you remember all about Job? You know that whole story, right? Job was pretty distressed. Job's song wasn't there anymore. He knew that God gives songs in the night, but he didn't have one at the moment. Well, if you think your life is tough, sometimes uh, maybe you ought to compare a little bit with Job. I mean, your circumstance any worse than Job's? I doubt it. Point four. I'd like you to know that sorrow and joy have a connection. Joy is made greater by sorrow. That is, provided that you turn to him. Like we often say, I'm sure you've heard this before, that troubles and trials will either make us bitter or better. I know you've heard that before. Still prayers repeating. You get either bitter or better, depending on your response. Don't forget that even Christ also suffered that he might learn to be the worthy high priest and have the honors that heaven is going to give him. Yeah, even Jesus suffered. And by his sufferings, he became the author and finisher of our faith. The servant is not greater than his Lord. I'd like you to embrace sorrow when it comes, but not cling to it. Do you know the difference? Embrace sorrow. That means welcome it and say, yes, I need this. Okay, I'm ready to learn the lessons that God has for me. Bring it on, God. I need it. But do not cling to it. There are some people who cling to sorrow. They are so pessimistic. They cling to it as if pessimism had a value. You know, they're stuck on sorrow. And they groan and they moan and, they, and their life is characterized by sorrow. That is not the Father's will for you. Though sorrow may be a part of your fabric, your, it is not meant to be alone. It is meant to come to joy. Okay? It is the Father's will that you should be full of joy. Sorrow is only 
a pathway to joy. It is a road, not a dwelling place. Joy transforms us. And I I know you know that's true, but just think about this. Joy will make you radiant. Joy makes you confident. Joy enables you. It strengthens you. It, yeah. Is there anything you don't like about joy? No, it's just wonderful. And Jesus said, ask for it. Seek it. Do you know that you don't get joy unless you're looking for it? Or at least not much. <laughs> you know? It's when you're looking for it that you find it. You must ask for it. Jesus said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Are those things that are all about, you know, uh, wonderful things that happen in life? No, I don't think so. Yeah, you need to go for it. You need to you need to take a step in the direction of God. That's why when my little phone thing, I said, you know, you need to come up here. You know, God could meet you right where you're at. But he doesn't. He asks you to make a move toward him. Yes, he's already made a move. He sent, you know, he sent the call, you know. But he wants you to make a move toward God. The thing that we often fail to do. We fail to move. Toward God. Here's another song for you. Give us ears to hear that still small voice. Give us lips forever willing to rejoice. And may our eyes be lit with wisdom. And may we know the path that's true. And we'll march with hearts courageous after you. We're marching on with hearts courageous. We'll follow where you want us to. And should you lead us where the battle rages, let us march with hearts courageous after you. And when sorrow dims the light along our way, help us to see each time of darkness through eyes of faith. A time for hope, a time for courage, knowing that you will lead us through and let us march with hearts courageous after you. We're marching on with hearts courageous. We'll follow anywhere you want us to. And should you lead us where the battle rages, let us march courageous after you. Point five. 
God wants you to bring a sacrifice of praise. It's your little response to his greatness and his goodness. Now, at first I thought I was going to put this under the second point of thankfulness. But then I realized that you can be actually thankful without bringing the sacrifice of praise. And therefore, I made it a second, a separate point. We are called to bring a sacrifice of praise. Do you know that God inhabits the praises of his children? In other words, when you praise, God comes to live inside. You think about that. God loves the, the, the praise of his children and he comes to live and dwell within you when you praise. That makes joy. That's the road to joy. The sacrifice of praise. And this is what we have been created for. You know, way back in the beginning, when God took counsel with himself, he said, uh, he said uh, and let us make man in our image. That we can have fellowship with him. And let's put him over the whole creation that I'm going to make for him. But he wanted you and I to be in fellowship with him. It's an awesome place to be. It's the reason we exist. The reason for your creation. You know that... If God didn't really want that, he wouldn't even bother making you. <laughs> we exist to worship. To have real joy, there must be a sacrifice, a giving up, a choice. Why? Why a sacrifice? Because unless we choose to praise, even in our hardest times, even in the dark of uncertainty, we are not trusting God completely. And he has asked us, bid us, called us to a life of yieldedness and complete trust. Joy comes when you have given everything to Jesus. When you hold nothing back. You have no life of your own. You are a broken and a contrite heart. This then is your sacrifice. A broken and a contrite heart. Psalm fifty-one, seventeen. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O oh God, 
thou wilt not despise. Out of this sacrifice comes joy, true and lasting joy. Joy is essential. If you do not have joy, you're not giving the sacrifice of your all to him. He asks us for the sacrifice of praise. He looks for it. He longs for it. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to our God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Hebrews thirteen fifteen. Hard things are my opportunity to sacrifice. My opportunity to bring a gift to my king. My chance to choose to praise. You know this thing of choosing, and it is a choice. But it's almost an amazing thing. I have witnessed it with children. I've witnessed it with myself. But uh, perhaps you can see it. If, I don't know how you train your children. And, and this isn't a lesson on child training, but I'm going to use it as an illustration. Uh, remember when I had little children... Uh, still the age that they needed to be spanked sometimes and, you know, corrected because they had done something wrong or maybe they were fighting or anyway, they'd be all upset about one thing or another. And, of course, we need to get the correction done and everything. And if your children are like mine, uh, sometimes uh, they just have a hard time getting over it. Right? I mean, you know, they're still crying and they're still upset and they're and in their heart they're still hanging on to their offenses right they're still you know they just didn't get over it and you know your job isn't as a parent isn't really finished until they get over it and and sometimes people make a mistake at, at that point uh, you know and thinking they just gotta just gotta whop it out of them you know just spank them until they you know can't cry any longer. That's a horrible mistake. Please don't do that. Yeah, I'm I'm for correcting, but not for brutality. Uh, anyway, the thing to do when your child has been corrected but still cannot get a hold of it, the thing to do is take them up on your lap, if they're that size at least yet, and radiate them with love and kindness and a smile and bless them and say I want you to smile at me you know I found something that if you could if you can get the child to actually willingly give you a smile not just one of those fake you know smile no, that don't pass. No, no, that, that's not good enough. 
No, I want you to smile. Look at Daddy, and I want you to smile. Smile. Go on. And when they smile, the attitude changes. Just like flipping a switch. There's something about the willingness, the choice of doing it that flips a switch. Sometimes we've sung together. Everything's all right in my father's house. In my father's house. In my father's house. Everything's all right. You know, it changes their heart. That's an important part. Now, I'd like to make that application here. Do you know we're still God's big children? And do you know that sometimes God is asking you to smile in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your heartache, smile and maybe sing? Yeah, and I can remember some times when I have been able to do that and it flipped the switch for me. Yeah. That's one of the ways we dealt with the passing of my son, Paul. We chose to smile and sing. It flips the switch of grace. Don't miss that. I have, no ma- I have no idea how many times God has met my need as I began to sing. i got a few more songs here to share with you. Uh, and I realize these songs are not scripture. But they are poetic versions of scriptural truth. So take them that way. We have so many blessings with that. He giveth more grace. When the burdens grow greater, he sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added afflictions, he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed ere the day is half done, When we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving has only begun. Fear not that thy need shall exceed his provision. Our God ever yearns his resources to share. Lean hard on his arm everlasting, availing. The Father, both thee and thy load, will upbear. His love has no limits. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundaries known unto man. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. What though the way be lonely and dark, the shadows fall. I know where'er it leadeth, my Father planned it all. 
I sing through the shade and the sunshine. I'll trust him, whatever befall. I sing, for I cannot be silent. My father planned it all. There may be sunshine tomorrow. Shadows may break and flee. T'will be the way he chooses. My father's plan for me. I sing through the shade and the sunshine. I'll trust him whatever befall. I sing, for I cannot be silent. My father planned it all. He guides my faltering footsteps along the weary way. For well he knows the pathway will lead to endless day. I sing through the shade and the sunshine. I'll trust him whatever befall. I sing for I cannot be silent. My father planned it all. A day of light and gladness on which no shade will fall. This, tis this at last awaits me. My father planned it all. I sing through the shade and the sunshine. I'll trust him whatever befall. I sing, for I cannot be silent. My father planned it all. God has not promised skies always blue. Flower-strewn pathways all of life's through. But God has promised strength for the labor, light for the way, grace for the trials, help from above, unfailing sympathy, undying love. Have faith in God when your pathway is lonely. He sees and knows all the way you have trod. Never alone are the least of his children. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. He's on his throne. Have faith in God. He watches o'er his own. He cannot fail. He must prevail. Have faith in God. Have faith in God when your prayers are unanswered. Your earnest plea, he will never never forget. Wait on the Lord. Trust his word and be patient. Have faith in God. He'll answer yet. Have faith in God in your pain and your sorrow. His heart is touched with your grief and despair. Cast all your care and your burdens upon him and leave them there. Oh, leave them there. If your heart is sad and lonely, there's no joy anywhere. If there's no one left to comfort and there's no one left to care, just cast your cares on Jesus and on his arms rely. Reach out and touch the Lord as he walks by. <clears throat> this is written in memory, I think, of the woman who touched the hem of the Jesus garment. 
Read out, reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. You'll find he's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He's passing by this moment. Your needs he'll supply. Read out, reach out and touch the Lord as he walks by. Though a stranger to the master and his wonderful grace, if you've never had the pleasure in beholding his face, would you lay aside earth's treasures for a home in the sky? Then reach out and touch the Lord as he passed by. All along a dusty roadside, on his way to raise the dead, mighty was the crowd that followed Hungry for that living bread. I must touch him, cried a woman. I must touch him or I die. So she reached out and touched his garment as he passed by. Reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. You'll find he's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He's passing by this moment. Your needs he'll supply. Just reach out and touch the Lord. As he goes by. I don't know. Those songs have always ministered a lot to me. I hope they have to you. Point six yet. If you have, when you get this joy, you must give it away. You can't hoard it. You can't keep it all to yourself. If you will have fullness of joy, you must give it away. Don't hoard it as if there was only little to be had. It multiplies as you give it. If you're struggling to have joy, chances are a thousand to one, you're not giving enough joy to others. Jesus said, give And it shall be given unto you. Pressed down. Running over. Jesus actually said that. I know you know all about that. Or at least you've heard it before. But do we really know all about that? I have to admit that many many times I'm uh, too self-centered myself. I like to hoard things, you know, keep it all to myself. That It doesn't work right with joy. If you've got joy, give it away. Bless others as much as you can. The more you give, the more you'll have. That's funny the way that works. You think you're going to give it all away. No, you can't give it all away. The more you give, the more you got. It's like the bread that Jesus made. It just keeps coming. Give it away and you'll be happier. You'll end up with 12 baskets at the end instead of one. You know? Amazing. It's the miracle. Point seven is my conclusion. Point seven is a call to action. And I'm going to say here, when, not if. When you get to feeling joy depleted. And I know all of you are going to get there sometime. 
I don't care if you really want to be different or not. You're going to have time when you get to the place that you feel joy depleted. Okay? That's a given. It's not supposed to stay that way. But it it does happen. When that happens, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to just kind of sit there and and your molly grubs? What I want you to do, and what I want me to do as well, when that time comes that I feel joy depleted, I want to trust, point one, and lean not onto my own understanding. I want to be thankful, number two, realizing that I have nothing that I didn't receive. Everything has been given to me. I ought to give thanks, whether or not it feels like it. Sometimes it doesn't always feel like it. But trust and give thanks. It's requirement. Okay? And then get into the presence of God. I don't know what it takes for you, but get into the presence of God. If you can do it on the fly, that's great. That's fine. You don't always have to be in a closet. But get in the presence of God and let him shine his light upon you. And know that in the presence of God is where the fullness of joy is. And know that God has some questions to ask you. Like he did Job. That's why you're being called. Get into the presence of God. Four, realize that God is changing you, developing you, moving you forward. You know, it is this stretching of sorrow that gives you capacity for joy. Do you know that? Yeah, you can only hold a little joy until you are stretched. It's the stretching of life's circumstance that enables you to have more joy, more compassion, and be more like the Master. If that did not happen to you, you'd be a shriveled up piece of selfishness. And that's all. A man wrapped up in himself makes a pretty small package. Okay? So it's the stretchingness and it's the things that are happening to you that transform you into his likeness. Embrace that with all your heart. That's point four. Point five, praise and worship the Father. Whether it feels like it or not. Flip the switch. Flip the switch and give God the praise that is due unto him. And you'll find He'll reward it. It's guaranteed. And finally, number six, run over on those who are near you. Get that bushel basket off of you and run over on the people around you. Give it away as abundantly as you can and you'll find you have still more. That's the word of God.